Welcome to T-Set Pass, my weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast where we discuss all things Yu-Gi-Oh! This week's guest is Golden Nova Yu-Gi-Oh! as one of the last few guests of my original Series 1 plan. I'm very excited to change things up moving into Series 2, but let's enjoy today's guest as he explains a bit about the history of Yu-Gi-Oh! lore and a bit more detail about the branded and the Visa Starfrost lore that you may have picked up from recent sets of the card game. So, there's a lot to talk about in, in Yu-Gi-Oh! right now, but... Ah- Run me through, because obviously your channel. Tell us a little bit about your channel. I, I watched it a fair bit over the over the last couple of months. It's, it seems to be mostly lore stuff. Um, what got you into making that kind of content, and and what's brought you into Yu-Gi-Oh in general? Um. So when arriving into the Yu-Gi-Oh scene, I was like at that ripe age of like ten or eleven. Uh, whenever the Yu-Gi and Kaiba structure decks first hit. Uh, whenever the anime was airing. So I was at like that point of I'm tuning in regularly to the Saturday morning cartoons. I'm getting invested in like the show. Um, so I've been here off. There's a big middle point where I kind of like fell off a lot, but big in the beginning. And now I've made it my livelihood. So I kind of uh, am obligated slash. I really enjoy being involved in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> when did you go like hardcore content? Was it? Before lockdown, during lockdown, like when was when we doing when were you taking the dive? Because I lose track of when I first started watching you. If I remember the timeline correctly, I was doing content for. There was a video that I did on the channel that was like two years before lockdown, I think it was. And then that was the very first one, Vampire Explained. And then I left it alone because I didn't want to like go back. I had like another video idea, but I got like too stressed with it. Come back again after like a year see that the video did for nothing else on the channel it was okay like a hundred I, I come back to like a hundred subscribers which is like what the you don't just do that randomly and the stuff or that's like a that's lot, what you know understood what I mean? at the time like yeah you don't just do that randomly it's like oh my god i gotta get back on this everyone around is like you gotta get back in on this so i'm like i need something that i can do repeatedly over and over again that's not gonna burn me out hmm. uh and that's where the bones of the explained series came about and i've been doing that on repeat for like four years ever since but I think it was around the time lockdown happened where no, no, it specifically was around the lock time because that's when they delayed um, something of the duelist. The one right after access, the one with is it legacy of the duelist? Uh, yeah, it, I'm going to go with legacy of the duelist. Thing is, they're all like um, of the duelist, aren't they? That the first one of each wave is like of the duelist, isn't it? It's like power yeah, of the every duelist, one of them. legacy of the duelist, um, revenge code, yeah, code of the duelist. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. So that would have been when I started because uh, doing lore stuff, because that's the cycle that started the Albaz stuff. Um, uh, and I've always been uh, enamored with like card lore stuff. The thing beforehand that I was really trying to keep an eye on was the six samurai stuff. Uh, there's this whole like if you read the master guides, uh, this secret like Shien murdered one of the legendary six samurais uh that was like married to another one so now one of them is secretly working for him and then the child that she had with Shinai grew up to be his body double and now they're having an issue and everyone sees that all the time whenever they resolve evenly matched but no one asks how did we get there and I'm still trying to figure that out but when I noticed like the Albaz stuff was like getting to be lore stuff. Like the second set, Tri Brigade is like, okay, we got something going on here. Um, but all the people who are talking about lore in the community, they're like gone. 
Um, I was going to say, they used to be quite a lot, and now was, it's just you that I see. <laughs> Thankfully, I have some contemporaries uh, yeah. helping me to hold this up. Um, but, like, back in the day, it was, like, Yugi Mation making those awesome dual terminal ones. Mm. Um, oh, as a kid watching, like, was is he the one who did dual terminal the movie or some shit? Like, I, I remember, think, I remember I think that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, those were, like, my the obsession over Cleefort versus, like, all of the gang. Like, oh, take me back. Although, um, in hindsight, it is kind of terrible compared to the consistency of something we've got, like, branded. And I know everybody dumps on, on Visus, but, like, Visus is still, like, story-wise, it's written a lot more consistently than um, than something like Door Terminal, where it's kind of like the hint of a plot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You can tell that there's a lot of stuff in, like, the dual terminal stuff that's like, oh, man, we already made, like, two years worth of stuff. How do we make this, like, cohesive? What the are we doing here? Yeah. Take um, taking back for a second. Yeah. Let's say um, somebody listening has just played the card game. Just maybe just watch the anime as well, so they know that there's like some backstory to some cards. This isn't. We're not talking about the anime because obviously there are the plot lines. Maybe like a number hunter. The numbers have meaning in Zexel. The heroes have meaning in GX. But there is actually like a secret world of Yu-Gi-Oh story that you might pick up from the card art, and you might, as a like a, an older duelist, might have noticed it in things like. Uh, Marin the dog who goes off for a walk and then ends up as a skeleton dog or in another timeline he ends up as a mecha fan, uh, mecha Marin um, but Yu-Gi-Oh has never stopped doing lore for the cards not always they do it as much as some of the others and some cards get a lot more love than others um, but there's always been these stories and you can only get it through snippets um, and a lot of characters that have been in really really old sets you know like Warrior Degreffa and Warrior and DD Warrior Lady they've been like popping up all over the shop forever uh, yeah so how how would you describe like the lore and you how would one get into it in terms of there's so much uh, to see um I would look at getting into Yu-Gi-Oh's lore as getting into an anthology series um while there's a lot of connective tissue between certain archetypes uh, and you could definitely, if you spent long enough, figure out like how to obscurely connect Goblin Attack Force to Lightsworn Raiko uh, at some point. But most archetypes are largely contained within themselves. Uh, there are smaller stories like what you see in Unchained or Dual Avatar or the thing going on between Mayakashi and Shiranui. Um, so if there's something about a card that you're interested in and you're like, what's the story behind this? Don't feel too daunted because if it's anything outside of what is now, I feel a largely documented series of three or four stories. Um, it's not going to take you more than a couple Google searches to figure out what's going on with any given story. What's the story? So obviously, you said you made that original video about vampires. Was that just about the archetype or all the like the story behind vampires? Uh, at the time, it was just about. It wasn't even about the entire vampire archetype because I think that was when Dark Saviors was coming out. And I'm like, I need one to talk about here. Sky Strikers is okay. That's not going to go anywhere. Sky Strikers, People need to make no one's even heard them. of Sky Strikers. I think that I can't wait to read that new vampire manga <laughs> that Konami's putting out. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, yo, this is the vampire steel cards there's a whole bunch of other vampires out there maybe people would like to know just how the new ones kind of measure up and that's kind of just the whole basis of it uh i don't talk at all about vampire baby clear playmaker vampire baby mm -hmm. so you you got into the law side content wise through the branded stuff were you always super into the law before branded and that was just sort of the excuse you needed to start talking about it or was branded like a, a door that opened up lots of channels 
Um, I think it's uh, it, it's definitely the first one because I enjoyed looking at the uh, the six samurai stuff. I enjoyed keeping track of uh, what they had of dual terminal at the time. Yeah. Um, but branded was like this because with things like six samurai and dual terminal stuff had been already theorized. A lot of people had already like made wiki articles about it. There was like the ground had been trodden with branded. This was like a whole new thing to like, I can not only get people up to date about like what is going on right now because there's not a lot of information about it currently, but maybe I can flex my, uh, this is how I'm going to use analysis of like card art and game mechanics to predict what we can see in the future. Um, I, what I would say I have about a 30% accuracy rate. I'm not very strong with it, but in my defense, sometimes they throw the wildest stuff out of the woodworks and we have to roll with it <laughs> until it's done. It's really hard to say, because I think, especially of the branded stuff, I think if you look at just the Dogmatica line alone, it's quite hard to guess which characters are being replaced, which characters have been corrupted. Like, you could be easily forgiven for thinking that Ecclesia had become White Relic if you didn't know that she'd left and joined Sword Soul and and then became Cartesia um, and stuff. So, like, I think... If you're, if you're looking at an archetype in a vacuum, you would be mistaken for thinking lots of different things. Um, Absolutely. That was like the big thing whenever like year two of the branded storyline came out and everyone was like, when did Ecclesia turn into White Relic? And it's like, it's not! It's not! <laughs> I just really love reading the trivia on the wiki when it's like, um, a White Relic looks like the new girl that the Dogmatica Church brought in. And then you look at the trap that they recommend as the art, and I'm like, that girl does not look like anything like White Relic at all. Like, um, uh, I believe, but I was like, I would not make that leap just from looking at... I think she's like Ginger or something in that church scene, and then she's got like the blonde hair as White Relic. Yeah, and 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 that's like something you wouldn't know unless you were like scanning all the translations for the valuable books coming out because mm. for those of you watching the girl in genesis is white relic but it's like a possessed body of the original saint but like how in the world would you even know that saints are a thing because they don't print this stuff in anywhere outside the ocg and i'm going off on a tangent right now no I like please tangents. stop me tangents are good and uh <laughs> okay i'm, here to, I'm here to talk about law i think i think Lore is fascinating, and I think few of the guests I could bring could maybe give it the justice that that you are able to, given your perspective. Um, what's your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh lore? Like, is it branded? Are you all in on the branded train, or do, or is there one that tickles you? Is it the Six Sam's that you mentioned before? <laughs> Six Samurai was like my the, the one that sparked the fire originally. Um, but like most things, it's kind of like tapered off. They don't really develop it very much. We're just kind of left with. Uh, the secret six samurais has like a couple of things that are kind of funny to notice, like how the water one Hatsume has the same necklace that um, Shinai and Mizuho have. Mm -hmm. So it's implied that she's also like the Shien's doubles sister or a part of that lineage. But that's and then there's something like maybe like the secret origin of how Shien came to be. Yeah. But all kind of like is matter of fact and they don't put a lot of like pomp and circumstance into it no. but branded has become like um this whole interweaving story of what we do in the face of authority and how we like determine uh how we do right in the face of people telling us to do uh horrible manipulative stuff um 
it has themes and characters that you can like look at and enjoy. Uh, Six Samurai is more of like a series of events that happen. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Branded really takes the cake there. Uh, I also really enjoy like World Legacy and the Visa stuff, but it's it's got to be Branded. Ninety uh, percent of what it actually is. 10% because, you know, it was the first big thing that I jumped on and people really liked it. So, you know, I've got a bit of a history with it. <laughs> so give us sort of like, you know, idiots start for 10, a really brief. What's the branded law in terms of you don't need to get like the general plot of of the adventure? Because we've reached yeah. the end now. We've seen the the final piece, right? The um, that new field spell is like the final scene of of the law, isn't it? The 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 field spell is like the before we cut to credits. Yeah. And then the branded etude where uh, Lub- uh, Luber is standing over a kneeling ad libitum is like the post credit stinger. It's the uh, the Avengers Endgame comeback next week. Uh, brilliant stuff. So yeah, so what's exactly. like the general, like really dumbed down version of the branded law? Yeah, so the intro, I would say, is the story starts out in a big land with a bunch of different environments, but there is a big centralizing church that's trying to uh, expand its influence and gain control over all of them. They're the Empire. Um, Within, there are good people wanting to do good, but with the arrival of this strange kid that comes out of nowhere, uh, some of those people are being asked to do unspeakable things to them in the face of that and now they're at this dichotomy point and now the rest of it is the adventure of uh how do these people who are now fighting against that authority find the resources to fight them uh and it it, invariably what happens so it's the church of the dogmatica trying to oppress the sort of freedom freedom fighting tri brigade and albaz is this sort of point of contention character that's sort of being tussled around in all these different uh directions essentially yeah is albaz's um clearly albaz as anyone would play the deck and i think that's a really good um translation of story to gameplay which they don't always pull off um uh, albaz has fusions with all the different clans of the uh, the world of of branded I don't, does mm-hmm. it have a name? Do we have a name for this planet? Yeah. Um, um, it's just called the Abyss. The Abyss. Well, for all the clans that live in the Abyss, um, Bra- Albaz has fusions of all the different decks. Is that because he is stealing a bit of power from them, or is that because of when he does he spend time with each clan? It is one of those things that we still don't have a full picture of, which we're hoping to get in season two. Uh, Some kind of traumatic event happens with Albaz, uh, and then something in the environment influences the transformation that he has temporarily. Um, It's interesting because what we learn about the fourth one the or the third one the big like the fiery molten magma one uh, the branded dragon isn't triggered by himself. It's whenever Maximus is like, I will guess what, everyone, you're all despias now. And that energy just kind of radiates out and transforms him from afar. So it kind of messes with like any like at the time while you were watching it, it's like, oh, my God, he absorbed Ecclesia at the time. Right. It's like, no, it actually was a whole different thing. Um, It's interesting because we're talking about this like it's an anime that we've watched, but it's not (laughs) because because it's what we've got from tiny little little pictures that we have to look at very hard. Oh, look, there's Ecclesia in the background and her head's getting uh, eaten by a dragon. 
Um, yeah, literally that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number one comment though, by the way, yeah. on any of those videos, man, imagine if Konami made an anime about this. Imagine if Konami put some resources. Like, I'm, I'm with you. No, I'm not, so am I. It, do, it does get a little Fault. bit tiring because everyone thinks they're the first person to have had that idea. But yeah, it's a sick idea. Let's let's do it. Let's let's do it. Especially as there is no anime for normal Yu-Gi-Oh. Um. I'm not saying cancel sevens. A lot of people like it. Enjoy it. Just make another anime. <laughs> Do um did you ever watch Bakugan? No, I was not a big Bakugan kid. I wasn't a super big Bakugan. I watched it like before school because it was on. Um apparently, and I uh, I used to know for sure, but I think from memory, Bakugan did very well in the West, but did very poorly in Japan. But the so we're in Japan, they stopped the show at series three. However, because Bakugan was doing so well in the West, a Canadian or a, or a North American, I think it's Canadian though, a Canadian company produced the Series 4. So they just took the rights to make Series 4. So West can make sequels to anime um, if nobody has an appetite in Japan. So maybe while Japan pumps out Rush content, because clearly that's what they want to do and respect to it. I've enjoyed the bits of Sevens that I've watched. Um, maybe uh, give the licenses to Konami USA so they can print some stuff. Look, I don't know what your audience is. I'm not entirely sure what my audience is. But if you've watched The Legend of Vox Machina, mm. you know that Tip Mouse can do some good stuff. And so I'm just saying, you know, maybe maybe we get uh, the Alabaster stuff animated by them and we get a couple voice actors and it'll look sweet and cool and you'll all love it. Okay, Konami. Konami, please get all the four kids voice actors back as cameos in Yo! Who would, you've got the whole of the four kids cast from all of the previous Yu-Gi-Oh dubs who would you want as what characters in the abyss okay who's that get- who's uh who's yami yugi voicing who's uh oh uh Dan green is voicing maximus he's voicing the big villain he's voicing big For real. Do- big king of the dogmatica lovely yeah, we've seen we've seen him do like the dark hero. We've seen him do uh, little Yugi. Um, it's it's time we just maybe he's voiced like a villain in another series. I'm not entirely up on his uh, filmography, but I think it's time we bring him in as like a big bad because he's he's got a voice for it. Holy the big cow. bad of Yu-Gi-Oh. Who's voicing yeah, we, um, who's voicing Aluba the Boober of Duba? Aluba uh, the Boober of Duba is definitely going to be voiced by dot 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 dot. Um, what if we what if we make all of the main characters from old Yu-Gi-Oh series the villains? What if uh, Jaden voices Baluba the Booba and, <laughs> and uh, Yu-Gi voices um, <laughs> Maximus? <laughs> that would be so good. You say can voice. Um, oh, what other men do we have in the uh, in in the Dogmatica squad? Uh, um, we've got. Um, see, the thing about uh, Theo and Aiden is that they also turn on the church so and, uh, they'll I'm trying eventually to think become of one that stays guys. villains and yeah i'm just trying to think who could be like a, a villain the only other one is uh ad libitum um so they, we could do that yeah yeah but no i just think that'd be so funny to bring back all the old four kids cast and just dub all of the villains with uh with all the main characters that's so good that would be so cool we bring in taya to be quem um <laughs> yes <laughs> mike can be uh mike can be thingy uh, uh we've run out of villains but the ice jades are all like femme coded so maybe we bring in my for the ice jades all of the ice jades oh. all voiced by my or the, the lady who replaced my halfway through the yes we get them both back that's 
sounds like a joke, but since the ice jade is like the mountain itself and all the little things are like extensions of it, we can make it work. <laughs> it would work. She get, she's got a lot of range. She can do child herself and adult herself and uh, more mummy, less mummy. Um, there we go. And then when we get um, then when we get um, Seto Kaiba to voice Long Yuan, we have the Mai versus Kaiba battle that we've always wanted. Oh, but don't you want um, Long Yuan? Is he the he's the bad one, right? He's the one who goes back. Yeah, he's the sword soul that goes um, sinister sword soul Long Yuan. Yeah, yeah, Mister yeah. Sword Soul Long Yuan. Yeah, as a, <laughs> my apologies. No, no, no. I was just I'm just keeping track of it in my head. Um, so yeah, so you get to have Kaiba as being a nice guy, but then he becomes a rat and and, and, and stabs a little jerk, and just gets to stab all the sword souls in the back. That because be so like he's also Brock, so we know he can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got so much fun there. I love. And now I've turned my frying pan into a dying pan. <laughs> Sinister dying pan, long one. Um. <laughs> Who's your favorite of the of the of the abyss? Which little squad is your favorite? Either from a lore um, perspective or from like an actual deck perspective, which is your fave? Uh deck perspective, like the way I the for me playing it, it's like Despia. I, I play branded Despia. Um I, I am resolving branded fusion. Ash is my worst enemy. I am that guy. Mm-hmm. Um lore-wise, it's Kit. It's always been Kit. She's the best. She's she, she, interesting. She gets, like, so much love across the story, but she hasn't been given, like, a super, super final boss form in the same way that, you know, I'm surprised that they haven't... I guess you got Rindbrum is kind of her, like, big big go-to, because she's driving Lindbrum. I, I, I would count that, because in that fusion, Albaz is, like, there, but it's kind of the thing that he does with uh, Sp- uh, Sprind, mm. uh, where he's just kind of, like, a, like, using a machine or as like next to a machine so i, I kind of count that as kit's final boss form right now that that fan art of kit wearing the sprite blue jacket is just too hard and has corrupted my brain so i continuously think that is what her current design looks like but i know that's just fan art like she's not wearing the the, <laughs> the six sprite. i would wear the sprite blue hoodie if the konami I, start making awful adidas shoes where you take a white shoe and you just shove a picture of dark magician on the side print uh, like produce the sprite blue jacket i want to wear that listen to this <laughs> Do that. Think of think of not only are you getting out there a, a fine piece of clothing, a great clothing line. Imagine all the people who are going to go out to every memeable photographic location they can go to and do the, you know, I had to drip it on them pose. You know, it's going to get out there. I as someone who likes a lot of anime, I go in shops constantly. and I, I cringe at how bad anime merch is when it could be so cool like so much of it is just like it's a water bottle and we've shoved the one piece logo on it or like it's like uh, you could do so much cool stuff with like just doing like things that actually tie into the show like uh, like the naruto headband obviously if you go outside in public with a naruto headband you are inviting some kind of criticism a lot of the time but yeah. at least it fits the show it says like it's like a piece of merchandise that is very visible it's from the show it's not like you've just got your t-shirt with like a tiny little picture of luffy's face over your nipple or whatever it is like you know what i mean like there's some actual thought there and it's like real and dense and you can hold it and if you were like a kid who loved the show you'd want that it would be like be a bit heavy and it would have some tangibility i don't want to just like get a pair of of adidas white shoes with dark magician slapped on the side put like um 
The box it came in had like an uh, like that slightly embossed hieroglyphic print on it. Ooh. Get the white shoes with the hieroglyphic print. I would wear those before just like it's Star Magician on the side, or like it's a big picture of a Yami on the side, because it's just like a bit cringe, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I dislike or like despise merch that's like that, but if you're if all your merch is is like regular clothing, but you took key art from different <laughs> advertising and just put it on there. Look, I can just look at the key art somewhere else. Make a new drawing at least. Yeah. Get like an artist from outside the series to get their representation. Uh, this is me saying that fan artists are the best and amazing. Thank you for making your super special merch. Fan artists um, are amazing. Because at least there's some thought there. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. No, and, um, and it's not even like I'm complaining that it exists. I'm just complaining that there's so much more of it than anything creative and then then you see the one creative thing and it's not for a show that you like you see another (laughs) show has got something really cool and you're like god damn i wish that i watched jujitsu kaisen because i would actually love that if i actually cared about the the show that it was for um damn why does that show that i don't watch i have so good drip why are you eating so hard um (laughs) Like yeah, no, but it's uh, it is what it is, and I can see. I on speaking on the, the key art, how do you feel about the recent sort of Konami trend of it? Just feels like they're taking screenshots from the anime and turning that into entire cards. I I kind of like it. It's kind of so dumb that I'm kind of into it. <laughs> oh wait, sorry. Repeat the question. I think I I started getting my answer before you actually finished it. So something like uh, you know, like look at Wake Up Your Elemental Hero, and it's literally just a screenshot from from the anime and it's just oh. like yeah yeah it's like or they're just taking every single little moment that happened in the show as like a plot point and like that's a card now yeah um i i think that that goes into the realm of good reference for people who've been in the game for a long time especially because they actually like redrew it and didn't just like take a screenshot so that's at least they're not doing at least it's not chosen of the zephyr where they literally are taking art they've already done and collaging it together that's where i start drawing the line um but something wake up your elemental hero uh uh what is it uh into the brains i think is a really cool one into the brains um sick so cool so yeah stuff like that as long as there was like uh, i don't i don't know what the bare minimum constitutes but at the very least just like redrawing it so that you know that you made a new thing for it i'm okay with it that makes sense what so obviously branded's quite beloved i don't think there's i think there's a lot of people who are kind of tired of branded just because it's been around for how many how many is that at least three. uh it's at least three yeah because there's like three distinct arcs series i'm read i'm redoing it in my head because there's beginning to desert desert to desert to sword soul and then sword soul to the end yeah so there's three distinct eras which is three whole years of branded stuff yeah, yeah. and that was sort of we're kind of at the end of that. We're sort of, it's at the tail end, but there's still some stuff coming out. How? Uh, oh, oh, it's the 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 valuable books are very clear in saying that all the events that have happened just now are a prelude to titanic events that are about to come. So there will be more. There's nothing in the cards that'll tell us there will be more because it does feel very wrapped up. But if you know, you know there's going to be more. Whoa! But I digress. This whole thing is done for now. Bestial, um, uh, Lube, uh not Bestial Alaba seems to be not gone. Like he's around, isn't he? Like somewhere. Yeah, like he literally got what he wanted. He caused his chaos. He grabbed. I'm still trying to remember what exactly like the diamond thing is. Um, because what I said in my video was very incorrect. Um, 
but it's uh, something that he gets from Cartesia because she has like the same gem in her yeah, sword. Yeah, yeah. With that, he's all like, "Well, you're all fighting. This is cool. Deuces. I'm going. I'm going to go out. do some other I'm stuff. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you guys some other time." Maximus has turned into an eldritch abomination. He's all like, "Well, that was fun. Enjoy. Deal with that." Woohoo! And to think the world was brought to its knees by a twink that everybody listened to for no particular reason. (laughs) (laughs) Dog, you can have infinite cosmic power. Source, trust me, bro. Trust me. This guy seems pretty trustworthy with his evil Mm. face and his evil mask and his twiddling fingers. He's just like me. For For real, real, for for real. real. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, so Brandon's fairly well received. I think there's obviously a little bit of like Brandon fatigue, and I think that stems a little bit from the the TCG as well. Is that people are tired of facing Branded um, because it's it's just around, and the deck isn't like it's never like so good it's broken, so you need to ban it. But it's never so bad that you have to stop worrying about it. It's that sort of like weird nasty middle point where it's like none of these cards are ban worthy. All of these cards drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> Um, which is not the same way in like a deck like Kashira, where you just like can't play against some cards. Um, yeah, that's just ugh. How do you feel about Visas? I have heard a lot more negativity about the Visas Starfrost. So this began with a single card called Visas Starfrost, which, as we all guessed, this is the new branded Albaz. Uh, he's gonna be more. And guess what? There was. Although they took their time, they took their sweet time getting all of the stuff because they released it over several sets each planet. Um, mm-hmm. How have you felt about the, the Visas storyline? Um, so th- there's an interesting thing that I've learned a lot about um, my place as someone who knows stuff about lore. Um, initially, when it came to Visa stuff, I was so lost. Yes. No clue what's going on here. Guys traveling between planets. Um, the the TCG name has a bunch of alliteration, whereas the OCG name implies an order of planets. Like one's the fourth world of destruction, one's the fourth world, uh, third world, all that kind of stuff. But those planets but, aren't in the order that he visits them. They're in the order. Absolutely yeah, not. Exactly. I was going to say the fourth planet is the first one he goes to, right? Because that's the Scareclaw one, right? Yeah, I believe that's the case. And the <clears throat> first planet is the second one he goes to, because that's the um, the Tyrellaman planet, isn't it? Yeah, the the pizza, the stacked pizza pie planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot that's like confusing, and I couldn't latch onto. Um, and as things progressed, uh, a lot of what I could learn or infer about branded is because a lot of it is built on, um, like Western mythology. Uh, William Blake's The Zoas. Um, a lot of Catholic. Uh, other Orthodox Christian iconography. There's a lot there that I can latch onto as someone who grew up in that environment. Yeah. But Visus is based a lot more on a group of uh, Hindu faiths um, that are things that I have no clue about. Um, I didn't. Part of it being that I was on the gravy train of people calling him Vsauce Starfrost and making the joke about, hey, everyone, Vsauce here, um, when it's supposed to be Vsus because mm-hmm. that's how, like, a lot of... that That's how some of those concepts are pronounced. Yeah. Um, so for the first year or so, I'm completely lost until I meet um, my... Uh, m- the latest editor for the channel who knows a lot more about that. So now I'm keying into a lot more about, oh, this is about, like, the cycle of reincarnation. We've got the, um, the 
oh my god that, one of the things that i'm still learning like the terminology off the top of my head yeah um but like the the the, the yuga cycles um how each one is based on a different emotion but it's also a different stage of the yuga uh each of the visus clones is a different reincarnation of um vishnu or it's like supposed to be analogous to it and i'm like now i feel a lot more connected with it and i feel like the fact because I'm not too special, uh, I know that there's other people out there who will feel exactly the same way I did because they didn't know about that kind of stuff. They feel like it's not as good because they don't pick up on the same cultural milestone or keystones, bits that you would know from the background radiation of your life, whereas other people will be all like, oh, yeah, of course, this is great. What's going on in Brandon? What the f- is up with this church? Like, right at the like, what you were just saying, it's like, yeah, because if you from our perspective there isn't a lot to latch on to but if you know like the story mm. of what's going on there there's a lot about Reichhart and uh Trihart that are just like oh okay this is the reincarnation of Vishnu that is like immortal can't be killed except under very very specific circumstances what are um, these specific which- circumstances there's like he gets these boons where he can't be killed at the day or night he can't be killed in heaven or hell. He can't be killed by a mortal weapon. He can't be killed by man. Um, all these kinds of like things that are so diametrically opposed. So he can be and killed so, at twilight on Earth with an immortal weapon by a god. Um. Uh. Yeah. Like it's it's a half de it's like a half deity. I, I said like can't yeah. be killed by man. I think it was man and god. Okay. So it's a half deity guy, and then instead of a uh, actual weapon, it's a natural weapon because the guy just like claws into him. And the framing of I think it's Scareclaw Splash where Vsauce has his, like like he's wrist deep in Tryhard's stomach. Uh, is almost exactly the posing that showed in a lot of art that features that. So if you're keyed into that, yeah. now you're asking, oh, this is a this is a cycle of Vishnu. And so, that would invite information uh, questioning in that way if you knew that. Whereas if you aren't as familiar with things like churches, you might just look at Dogmatic and be all like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that's like the head guy. And that's a that's the priest, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, OK, there we go. So it's like a church thing. I get that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, exactly that. Is a very diametrically opposed uh, reception based on culture. Um, mm-hmm. So he does that to. So I've not really kept it in touch because I tried to wait until this over because otherwise you get a, a grip on something and then the next pack comes out and all the characters you thought were dead are actually now uh, they've been turned into another archetype or they've become a ghost yeah. or they've become a dragon or something. Um, so um, Visus arrived on the fourth planet, which was the Scarecrow planet. And it's mm-hmm. the what? So anger is Kashtira. Um, what's Scareclaw? I guess fear. Uh, yeah, that's fear. Yeah, tier elements sadness. Yep, sadness. And then um, Mana Dome is what? Like chillness. Uh, <laughs> effectively, <laughs> it's te- it's something that we in the industry would call joy, but joy. chillness is the colloquial term. He, looks yeah. more, he doesn't look very happy. He just looks like mellow. He looks like he's like, yeah. He just a- kind of. He's just like having it's a, he's not like bubbling, but he's sort of just like, yeah, we, we're vibing out here. Like, oh, I got, yeah. this, got these glass bowls. Uh, <laughs> Tree, nice view. It's a good this, place. This is sick. I want to live great. with him. So he arrives at Scareclaw Planet. They, he fights the beasties. He confronts Tryheart. He gives him the Fiston, um, which is not an immortal, uh, is not a mortal weapon. It's a big old rubber fist. Um, 
and then he becomes the little baby little baby shoulder puppet uh dude the the how does this work yeah um so that's something that i think was something that everyone like kind of implied as it came out and it, it ended up being basically correct um the actual like bones of the situation is that he uh absorbs uh reichart mm-hmm. um and because he absorbs him but reichart's consciousness isn't fully like faded into the back of visa's mind he manifests as like a little a little funko pop for a while it's um, interesting how the funko pop kind of doesn't match any of the art for the rest of the like it looks so different and when you when i saw the first funko pop i was like okay so as he goes through the world we're gonna get more funko pops but then we just didn't which i just thought was like really interesting yeah and that's one of those things that like invites like weird questions like why didn't rhino heart turn into a little goober i wanted um, a little funko pop link one uh i guess if we ever need some tear support they've got a funko pop that they can make um a link one <laughs> What would it even yeah, do? Yeah. What would it even do? What did a Link One uh, tier element support mate? Uh, I believe it searched the field spell. Oh, so don't do that you know, With fields, oh, with terraforming being the way it is. Banned on Masterdor. <laughs> tier element need their field somehow. Um, okay, so he, and then he rocks up to the first planet, which is the primeval planet Pellerino in the uh, I say dub in the west. Um, yeah, in the dub, yeah, yeah, yeah in the dub. Oh, when Yama Yugi's I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to start referring to the artist as the dub. Dude, this conversation's in the dub right now. We have way better voice actors in the Japanese. You really, you're really missing out on this conversation. I have censored it heavily. I've taken out all of the subtle dialogue, and and we're gay in the Japanese, and we had to censor that heavily. Like, <laughs> yeah, now we're just cousins. Now we're just cousins. Um, you have lots of sleepovers. Um, so it's um. So he arrives on the Pearl uh, Arena planet, mm-hmm. and 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 Rhino Heart has his whip because he is a nasty, nasty boy, and he has enslaved the Terrellement Mermaids. Yeah, and obviously he's killed one bit of himself. Surely it's pretty easy to just do it again because he knows how to do it now. Like, what's what's the deal on the Terrellement planet? Um, so I think the interesting thing is that we conflate progression in stories with like power level stuff. Mm. Uh, and because Rhino Heart, um, that's not the same name as he becomes Kaleido Heart. Heart, thank yeah, you. Be- because Kaleido Heart has the same like stats and stuff as Lyra's like, oh, well, this must be, you know, being do with this or this. Um, but that doesn't necessarily scan for like actual story stuff. Yeah. Um, it seems like he had a lot more fighting with um, uh, Reichart than he did with uh, Rhino Heart, at least in the art that I've seen. Like, it seems like he, they were clashing, like little scrappings. That was their whole deal. They be they do be fighting. Mm. Um, the uh, the fight though with Kaleido Heart doesn't actually last very long because Visus uh, essentially acts as like a distraction, and then Kid Close is like, "All right." This is my moment. I've got to free my people and just backstabs them. But and is, now that, he's gone. is that not a not half god with a mortal weapon, though? That backstab with uh, Kaleido Heart. Uh, not Kaleido Heart, with um, Kikolos or Runeclaw. Uh, oh, yeah, they would be doing a whole different thing, but Kaleido Heart is a whole different manifestation of Vishnu. So they play on a whole different rules. Oh, so that's not the deal every time? The whole immortal half the time, half the not? That's not the deal with 
the tournaments. No, no, no. Every every reincarnation of Vishnu has like it's a, they're effectively their own person. They're more of an of an avatar of their power as opposed to being like, all right, this is my fourth evolution and this is my second evolution kind of deal. Um, yeah. So they don't all have this shared like indestructibility. That was just like Rykart's big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which I thought was a really cool thing that they did in mechanics, since he's unaffected by the effects of any like defense position monster that he forces them into defense position. And I always like to picture him like whipping them into defense with his big whip. Like, ah, yeah. Well, he's like the sword, but it does look like it stretches and like it ah. could. It is. It, it's like scaled, so it could be a little flexible. It looks like know? one of those swords in anime where they like <laughs> swing it and then like it gets longer, like the chunks. Oh, um, Renji, my beloved. Yeah. Um, so then he, he rocks up to Terrence and he saves the day. And then he starts looking a bit crusty. Um, but then he goes to the Kashira world, right? Or the Kashira world yeah. come to the Tyrellement world because there's the image of them clashing with the mermaids. Yeah, Unicorn shows up. Um, and a Unicorn and someone else. I think it's a Ogre. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually show up on screen, or it might be multiple Unicorns. I'm actually not sure if there's like, if each of the base Kashiras are like a member of like multiple different unicorns and there's multiple different Fenrir. The way people search Fenrirs, I must assume that there are multiple Fenrirs. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a mass produced army type deal. And that's what we'd see in like um, Kashira Birth because they've got like the big boxes. I assume that yeah, they just keep spitting people out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, the idea is that eventually Visus chases after the second Kashira that flees back to what is now the Scareclaw planet, because that's being attacked by Kashira. So the, we're not the Kashira field spell is the Scareclaw planet that's been under occupation, is it? Um, it's the 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 Kashira field spell is the actual first world. But if you notice in some of the card arts, like there's the Kashira continuous trap card that I don't think anyone plays. There's like Unicorn is holding the tank that has uh what we now know is a dead Rhino heart in it. Um, there's like a portal behind it where Arise Heart's kind of like looking in. So they have some kind of teleportation magic that can like move them between worlds, uh, or at least individuals. So the fight between Arise Heart and Visus kind of spills over into Wraith Soth at some point. Um, but the planet where it all initially starts at with the Kashtiras is the Scareclaw planet. Um, and I didn't catch this for a while, but if you look at Birth like really closely, I noticed you see- had the trees that looked very similar. Yeah, the yeah. trees, they're, like, fighting the animals that are on the Scareclaw planet. So, yeah, that's it. It's a big loop of going from Scareclaw planet to Tear planet, then Tear planet back to Scareclaw planet, and then branching off into Wraithsoth at some point. <laughs> How could anyone be confused about what's going on in the story? Yeah, I think whenever you add in a multiverse, it in, inherently becomes harder to track. Just, like, as a default, like, oh, they're here now, or oh, they're here now. I think... That's something that, you know, the more Western-inspired Abyss has for it. It's like, this is a country. They live over there. We live over here. If we're fighting in a desert, we're probably in the desert that all the the, the spring gans come from. Um, the, or the yeah. gold Gonzara yep. or whatever it's called. Um, so he, he rocks up to the Kestiras. They're fighting away. They fight across universes and he defeats Arise Heart. Yeah. Event- eventually he... Um realizes he can do the same thing that a rise because a rise heart has a in uh his uh, be, be, best card name ever cash papaya um 
gains like the power from the planet, like with all that green energy. Vsauce learns how to do it. They fist bump each other. You can see Vsauce's arm is like all like like messed up from all the energy. They clash, absorbs a Rise Heart, who at that point also has Rhino Heart absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, Those two souls versus two souls, like essentially. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is probably at some point, it's three a- versus one because he just rips Lightheart out of Vsauce and is like, you're not having that anymore. This is my Funko Pop. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he overclocks himself, absorbs, and then... um. I, I forget if it's a lingering... No, no, it's not a lingering will. It's all of, like, the different personalities whose egos haven't fully subsided yet are, like, going bonkers, and he turns into Vicious Stroud. Yes, so that's his current... No, he's he's kind of got over that now, hasn't he? Because he, 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 as Vicious Stroud, he's a monstrosity, and he rocks up to the, to the Mana Dome world. That's, that's, that's the funny thing, because the Manadium world... Mm-hmm both exists as like a sphere that we can see in that um new world's omri tara field spell that comes out uh, in duelist nexus mm-hmm. it exists but where they fight with the manadiums is inside vsauce's mind okay because riam heart is just like this fragment that was left behind that's been buried deep and is now trying so, to protect vsus so he from already the has that, that good inside up. him the whole time but it just wasn't relevant he already had the the spiritual funko pop of uh of him inside deep deep down yeah there was there was a secret second funko pop inside you the whole time there are two funko pops inside you um <laughs> one says bark bark the other says Please. hey how's it going <laughs> so okay so all of the vicious stroud manadium stuff that's in his head mm-hmm. all all in his head and that's what's kind of resolved now right it's he he's no longer a monster man yeah um uh Riam Heart becoming Prime Heart uh strikes like a blow that destroys Vicious Stroud but destroys himself in the process. Um which because it's all like a mental scape thing, it's not so much that they're gone, it's that like the ego has subsided. So all of the they're no longer are calmed down, he's himself again. Yeah, so now it's just Vesus in there, but he has all of those disparate parts and energy that he had lost as part of being split up into those different hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we get Vesus Omritara. And then we have the new boy, the pendulum, has has swung into action. <laughs> He's not looking oh. very nice. He looks like a nasty man. Vita Karantha is kind of a butt. So is um, he another fragment, or is he something all entirely new? Okay, so here's where we get even funnier. Yeah. So... One of the things that I learned about the whole uh, mythology that this is based on is that there's a cycle of eras in any given universe called the Yugas, and there's nine of them. The first six of these are just like developments of humanity. Mm-hmm. This is that they start from nothing and then they grow slowly and slowly, uh, which are represented by the six planets and these uh the six planets that we see in army tar we don't necessarily see the six heart monsters yet mm-hmm. but they do exist the last three are a yuga that if you've ever been shut out of a game by a rank up magic spell you might be familiar with the kali yuga kali yuga. uh age of darkness demons death fire and brimstone cats and dogs living together mass hysteria and one of those ages, I believe, is the Karantha. 
Okay. Where Vita Karanthas, uh, the guy. Uh, Vita is also, um, it's not necessarily a position of authority, but it does denote like a priest, um, someone who like knows a lot about these things. So we can tell from this that he's not a part of the the six versions of Visas. Mm-hmm. But instead, he it feels like he acts as a role of like, you weren't supposed to make good with all of your other parts. You were supposed to make war, blow everything up so that we could start from zero and do all this over again. Yeah. So I need to step in and get you back on track. Uh, and if that means I need to off beat cannon. your ass again. You've gone off yeah, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't your canon event, Vesus. You weren't meant to have character development. <laughs> Basically. So that's where he comes in. He sees that stuff is going off the rails. Uh, we got to get this fixed up. And so that's where we get all these new... Um, Duelist Nexus cards. And it looks like from the trap, he has defeated Visus and thrown him back to the beginning. And that Goodbye. Do you think this is a stable Do you think this is a stable time loop where this has always happened and he always gets to this point and Vidas comes and kicks him back to the beginning? Or do you think there is actually a chance that Visus will be able to develop out of this hole? I think that we're not in a stable time loop, but there are a couple of things that make me think that we have to, at the very least, establish one at some point. Um, the the two things that that's based on is Visus, um in in the books. Once he absorbs Reichart, he beforehand, he's just like a guy who fights things. He has no like drive. He just knows he has to fight Reichart. Mm-hmm. Once he gets that part of him back, he realizes someone did this to me. Someone split me up between a whole bunch of different parts. I need to go find them and get them back together. Yeah. So that is a, a journey that he found himself on. The second piece is um, out of that field spell, the different planets that exist Four of them have color to them, and we can kind of pinpoint uh, based on the color and their positioning and their numbers, which planets belong to which. And the two planets that have no color that are grayed out are coincidentally the two numbered planets we haven't visited yet, which would be two other heart monsters that would finish up the cycle of six. Um I assume that Vita Karantha, the new big pendulum jerk, um, has like killed or like defeated those ones. So the time loop might involve going to these other two planets before going to the ones you went to last time, like going there instead of Scareclaw planet or instead of Thrallamon planet. Yeah. It would be some kind of, uh, after like the second planet or something, that's when the timeline that we know it as begins where Vita shows up again, beats him a second time. And that's where his memory goes away. Like, I guess throwing you back in time wasn't enough. But then we pick back up and like where that divergence happens for us and something occurs where Visus regains all of his memories. That's where I have no clue where in the heck this is going. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. Do you know the obviously you've looked into the cycle a bit uh, a bit. Do you know what emotions we've got left that would be the last two planets that we haven't touched on? Uh, we have surprise and disgust. Surprise. That's a fun that one. <laughs> that is apparently an emotion. I always thought it was just like, oh, but it might be like the whole like maybe it's more like anxiety you would think of as like a long term thing that you feel over time. What kind of gameplay 
Okay, so we've got sad, sad mermaids. We've had angry beasts. Uh, we've had angry uh, war colonizers. We've had scary beasts. What kind of surprise and what kind of uh, disgust do you think we've got in store? What would you do if you had to do it? Um, I if we're going to continue using monster types that we haven't utilized yet, I think one of them has to be ritual, and I think. Ooh. It's got to be discussed on that one. Um, <laughs> because, because I've seen the kind of thing you people to do in ritual decks. Yeah. I know what you do. Um, we do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. It's okay. I was jamming a whole bunch of um, statue people. Hey, I am... Uh, when Master Duel came out, so I, I can't talk. I'm praising <laughs> at the Church of Dogmatica. I'm hanging out with White Relic and Albazoa. <laughs> like, all in. <laughs> If if no one got me, I know that uh, Albazoa got me. Can no. I get an amen? No one got me. I know that Maximus got my back. If Maximus has one fan, I am one fan. If Maximus has 1,000 fans, I am 1,000 fans. Whatever. <laughs> if Maximus has no fans, it means I have been tributed by Dogmatic Calamity to Ritual Summon a level 12. If Maximus has no fans, but my body has been possessed by White Relic of Dogmatica. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. But, um, um, so, yes. So, discuss, do you think, Ritual? Yeah, Scuzz's Ritual, uh, a surprise. Um, Konami does this in almost every lore set. There's got to be a flip archetype. Flip pendulums. How terrible would that be? (laughs) They made Flying Marmot or like the, the carpet one a flip pendulum. They've already done it. Let's bring it back, folks. Let's do it. Flip pendulums that can be flipped like trap cards into the pencil. <laughs> it is about time. Pendulum traps. The half that pendulum too. half monsters. That would be sick. <laughs> Please give me the flip monsters that can flip themselves at a moment's notice. Too You've deep. already made it. You've already made Mid Shield Gardena and Big Shield Gardena and Amaterasu. They're all monsters who have effects that trigger while they're face down when targeted. It's not like you can't do it. And Deus Ex Crawler. And, and, and Deus Ex Crawler. One that's actually decent. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, hey, man. Big Shield right here. Come on, man. <laughs> or it's about time we got a new card type. That's a surprise. Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, surprise, here's a new deck, uh, an extra deck mechanic. You now have a deck master. Here you go, surprise. <laughs> Here from Konami. You like how we utilized a world chalice when Lynx first came out as a way to make a whole bunch of dumb stuff happen? Well, guess what? We're doing it again with Omni Summoning. Uh, <laughs> and you get to summon Omnimon from Digimon, the Bandai card game. <laughs> it's a it's a card <laughs> The, the the Digimon Yu-Gi-Oh crossover is about to go crazy. Dude, where's the digital bugs when you need them? Where's the, the, the literally printed Digimon? Bandai, get in there. Make it happen. People seem to be excited for the next stage of visas. How much visas do you think we have left? So, I like, obviously, Brandon went on for like three years, and we did a lot we had a lot of different archetypes. We had a lot more archetypes in Branded than we have currently in Visas. Um, oh, yeah. Visas did a lot more going back to the well to make more crossovers than, yeah. So there's definitely a lot less Visas cards. Do you think that means it'll be over sooner? Or do you think we're going to keep Visasing on for a while longer? Um, I think we have at least one more year. Um, we need to cover the last two Heart Monsters. Uh, and then there's two other stages of the 
uh, Kali Yuga that haven't been touched on. So Vita Karantha's like other evil cronies need to show up at some point, uh, which is about four sets worth of material. So do you think we'll get the um, the, the branded structure deck treatment for Visus where he got Ooh. a deck's worth of cards, which are across lots of archetypes, but they're basically not another. It's basically a Visus deck that only focus on Visus. That is all about Visus with the, you know, it would be like Tirelemon happy mermaid and she lets you summon a visas from grave and like you know what i mean like it's like the the like how tri brigade bird is not a tri brigade card it is in it's an albaz card it's yeah the the world legacyfication of archetypes where yeah. we start welding them together um for the big finale um for the big finale that would be no i think i think they would save big story stuffs for like corsets Okay. I don't think they would um, relegate that to a structure deck, though. Th- saying that out loud is not I'm already questioning myself because the branded one was effectively the end of part two. Yeah. So. Um, I just obviously you have to buy the structure if- deck to get your 90 pound <laughs> chase card that makes the deck work. But do you think don't you- <laughs> don't you want your dog boy visas? Like even more so than Reichardt, buy the structure deck. Do you not Get want Funko Pop, Tier Element, and Funko Pop? <laughs> There's still three more you don't have. Buy twelve dollars at your local supermarket. Thirty six for a three. They're doing merch collabs. They've got a million Funko Pops. Where are the Funko Pop Light Heart, Funko Pop Wet Heart, Funko Pop <laughs> Banish Heart? <laughs> Funko Pop Wet Heart. Yeah. Hearts, re- hearts really do be wet, huh? They do indeed. What do you think the hearts will be for surprise and for uh, discourse? Um, discourse down. This uh, that will is something that I could people could probably figure it out. Mm. I haven't done the log uh, the uh, research for yeah. it. Uh, investigation also good um because each one is a name of like or the word you would use for like a place mm-hmm. or i or place or like a country or something in a respective language um oh, really yeah um i think all of us have made the joke about how you know why would they call it vsauce reichart that seems a little dubious but it's german it fits yeah um i don't know what riem or now I'm doing the opposite. It's not Kaleido Heart. Rhino, Rhino, Rhino is something. Yeah. Rhino Riem Reich. Uh, and, and also it starts with the letter R. Mm-hmm. So it's it's possible to find it out. I just haven't figured it out yet. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm. What, you know, we've we've got this. Are there other little laws that you've been enjoying recently? Do you like watching the pearly have a nice day and have a nice meal? It, like, what, 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 have you, what have you been doing outside of these universe-ending wars for the world? Um, other stories that I've been enjoying outside of the big flagship ones, um... Oh, Labyrinth is like the funniest one. Uh, I, my vagueness is it's a it's a castle with, a, with obviously Big Mummy Lady Labyrinth is hiding away inside, and she's setting little pesky tricks, and the furniture's all alive, like in Beauty and the Beast. What's what's the deal with with Labyrinth in terms of more? Um, the uh, 
you've basically hit the nail on the head. The one that uh, the lady is like, I've got a cool labyrinth. Maybe adventurous some come by and enjoy the all that stuff. Uh, and the joke is that the hero that shows up for all the trap cards that you see just doesn't care. He knows the stuff back and forth. It's implied that he's actually done this like a million times before. Um, but the other funny thing is the juxtaposition juxtaposition between serious, dark, dangerous labyrinth uh, imagery and the oh man, we gotta get all this, we gotta get all these traps reset up, and I don't know if we can get everyone in on time and all that. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, I oh, can to evacuate him, but no, the, the machine needs resetting. Oh no, I'm gonna get the technician <laughs> in. Oh god, I don't know. I'm, and, a, I'm a clock. I don't have any hands. Well, I got two hands, but they're not very good at lifting things. <laughs> Call me T-Rex because these hands are useless. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're uh, like the the latest like big welcome labyrinth has like lady is standing in the background silhouetted across the balcony and her two servants, Aryan and Arian, like one of them has like the anime butler like uh, Helsing thing going on and then you go to like any other card and it's all like they're just like maids like they're just figuring stuff out. Like, it's so I, it, on, it, on the job and off the job. They're like in the back <laughs> and then they're in the front. Yeah. yeah the um the we're presenting like a, a fantasy side of the job and then being all like okay backstage oh okay <laughs> all this kind giving, of stuff. i love that it's giving it's giving theater kid it's giving <laughs> <laughs> mm, i wonder why i enjoy it so much mm. <laughs> hey if uh if the deck well when the deck gets reprinted cheaply in the megaton equivalent i will be on that Oh. Um, to be fair, there are so many decks right now that I'm just excited to play when they get their cheap reprints. You know what I mean? Like, I've so many cool maybe decks. like more than ever. Like, I just want to play everything right now. Um, but I'm just waiting on them reprints. But like, it it does kind of feel like, despite power levels and despite how egregious some decks are, um, when it comes to design, I think we're in like a new golden age. We've been I, experimenting with like mixing archetypes. Uh, we've been figuring out new ways to use like 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 how you said um pearly just now mm. the idea of having like the spell cards that do things but then they get integrated into a monster not just thematically as their upbringing but literally attaching it to them as exes material Mwah! beautiful and it's good you gotta be kidding me i'm i've said this on every i think every episode i think it's hard to picture what mechanic will be next because it feels like almost all of every single archetype that comes out could have been like a game mechanic. Like Pearly's like cards learning and developing skills could have been a game mechanic. Cards like skills could have been a thing, but they're in speed duel. Um, you know, all the shenanigans of like snake eyes with things moving in and out of the spell trap zone, that could be a mechanic. But it's just not, they're just everything that could be the rules is just an archetype. Uh, like vehicles for plunder patrol, like that kind of thing. Like. It's hard to pick what would actually come next in terms of any kind of real development. Absolutely. Um, I think um, I must have heard this from someone else. I, I feel like this is a familiar sentiment, hmm. but literally every deck plays in such a that's why so many people love these pet decks so much because they play in such unique specific ways that they can imprint upon and be all like i enjoy being on the seven seas with me mateys crewing ships mm. um or i enjoy having a bunch of little office supplies that come together and form gigantic mechas that shoot colored pencils out of their guns it's so every single one has just this little piece of uniqueness and care that you can love and make your own and it's so cool yeah. Meanwhile, Magic the Gathering, it's like, yep, that's another elf. 
Yep. That also gets us mana. I got a goblin here, on. and it's got haste. Yep. You're in for it. No way. No shot. <laughs> oh. Um. Next, you're gonna tell me the blues got counter spells. Get out of here. Oh no, I'm gonna summon a zombie. I'm playing black. You didn't see this coming. Um, <laughs> but like, not not to dump on magic. I've had lots of them. No, no, yeah, but I yeah, just yeah. don't care. I don't care because I don't care about the deck i don't care about the characters i don't care about the little goober like i'll i'll grow attached from playing like yeah i like that cleric because like he's always got my back because like i need him because he's like a one cost one one and he's really cheap and i can summon him and it's really useful but i think of cards as like useful and i like how useful they are whereas i don't like i'm not vibing with them in the same way as like i really love like there's nothing more like satisfying than milling 15 cards off the top of your deck in tier element like you send 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 it's it's the rush of light swan on a new level i've always loved light swan oh and yeah Tier element is like light swan on like steroids it's insane it's kind of wild how like these mechanics will like be really powerful power creep will of course happen fade to the background for a while Maybe you'll take it into a rogue archetype. You'll get a regional top every once in a while. And someone will be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it gets reimagined in one set and runs the entire game again. <laughs> yeah, well, like I was saying this, I think, to Shiggy's. Labyrinth is just trap tricks, but better. It's I mean, just, I can't just, argue it's, with it's, that. It's just trap, trap tricks, too. But like, OK, you tried having normal trap holes. Now you got all the normal traps to choose from. <laughs> and that's the funny thing because Trap Tricks no longer plays like Trap Tricks. Mm. It's trap a Tricks monster like a combo deck that is enabled by activating normal trap, whole normal trap cards. And that's but now you're being all yeah. like, okay, Mantis, send a card, summon Holotea, make the Link 2, do something with that, or make Link 1, do Sarah, activate a thing. Like, that's what it does now. You make Labyrinth your, uh, has rank 4 to protect yourself from Nibiru. You shouldn't be having to be protecting yourself from Nibiru in Trap Tricks, but you do because you summon so much. Yeah, so it's, it's so funny when that happens. Yeah, and now Labby is just old trap tricks. But yeah, I bet. now it's the tempo <laughs> trap control deck that has an annoying amount of control over your game. If trap you tricks know? just said normal traps and didn't say normal trap holes, that deck would have just been labyrinth and that dominant forever. Because the problem with trap tra trap holes, they mostly target, um, not all of them, but a lot do, and they they are limited in what they can do. They can either pop, which doesn't always work, but like with with labyrinth you've got bounces you've got sets you've got like shuffle back to decks you've got so much cool stuff when you look at all of the the normal traps to work with the fact that ice dragon's prison does everything it normally does and then is also just yeah and it enables my labyrinth cards and i can pop a card in your hand and I can also get to pop a card in your hand because, you know, you didn't need the out or anything. The game's over. I've just bounced the card to your hand with Compulse and now I've popped it in your hand with... Uh, with <laughs> See, this is beneficial for both of us because now you're not spending 15 minutes figuring out how to beat my board. You've lost all hope now. Yeah. So we can just go to the next game. <laughs> it took you a long time to summon that card, but don't worry. You don't have to worry about how you're going to summon it again because you ain't going to summon it again. It's, it's, he's gone. <laughs> No, no, no. Ah. I have next to me. This is the entire Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list. Um, mm -hmm. Folder. In binder form? In amazing. binder form. If you could release one card from the tome, the book of the band, release one from these shackles that I've placed in it, which beastie would you be releasing? 
I feel like my answer for this changes every other month. Yeah, monster spell in the trap. <laughs> sure. Okay, okay, monster and trap card. Um, so let's see. What do. So for spell card, thankfully it just came by. So I think that we need to bring back Kaiser Coliseum on three. And that card is. Right? Don't three in I, Japan? I forget. I forget what the OCG has. I've seen that, it but... in a deck list. So it is a thing. I think it was in. Maybe a Vanquish Sold. Uh, something. It was in some deck I've just seen. That makes sense for Vanquish Sold, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay, so you got your, your Kai's got. What's your justification there? Um, because I'm a toxic person. <laughs> uh, I hate Mystic Mine and it shouldn't exist, but I have too many funny memories of Hee Hee Bujin. Yeah. Kaiser Coliseum for me to not want to have it back. So let's bring back Kaiser Coliseum for me in particular. Just you. Okay. Um, yeah, just me. Um, trap card we need to bring back. Um, Red Reboot is still at one, right? We haven't completely no, banned that Red yet. Red Reboot's been gone for a while. Oh, we got to bring out Red Reboot. Yeah, to fight the that, Labyrinth. That's just an actual... No, wait. No, never mind. I was flipping that back again. No, don't bring that back. Don't I was about it. to say, I'll like, we have to make sure that we keep the game healthy and restricting a game mechanic seems pretty bad. And then I remember that Red Reboot, you know, does that. So no, it's not Red Reboot. Even though I would just love to have an easy answer. It's not, it's not nice. Activate eradicate the epidemic virus. Sorry, I'm Red Rebooting you and your game's over now. Bye. <laughs> I mean. Sad, but true. Look, look, I'm, I'm not going to get into the EEV debate right now um it's um it's like it will frustrating <laughs> it's the same thing as always you know what i mean like we complain we complain we complain and then they either hit it or we don't and then we all forget about it you know what i mean like it's 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 a problem now it's a problem today it's might not it won't be a problem in a couple of months time anytime i hear someone say something like oh they banned this or oh they brought this off the list or oh they printed this card the game is dead come on man Ain't no way. Ain't no. Sh- the game has been dying since 2010. Don't you tell me this is going to be the final nail in that coffin. It's not happening. If the game so is we'll, dead because we'll of Eradicate Virus, then why is Kestira winning? If the if the game is dead because of a Rise Heart, then why is even why is Eradicate Virus winning? If the game is dead because of both of those two, then how did uh, how did Hero come in the top 32? The- <laughs> I am. So, I need to look into that person more because I am in love with them already. Holy cow! Oh, his deck list was so fun. Two copies of Tactics, two copies of uh, Rivalry, two copies of Gozen. Like, what are you doing, man? You're on crazy. You're going insane. He's just going <laughs> so running the Neos and the Infernal Divisor so that he can use the new um, Infernal Rage Flame Wingman. Man is insane. I love it. And it be that got him there. It got him there. He's sitting there with his. Uh, what's, what's the special dragon called? I can't remember. What's the special dragon for winners called? Um, oh, another verse another dragon. Verse dragon. Yeah, he's sitting there with his another verse dragon. Looking mad. <laughs> I'm not, so you know. Arena. What can I me. say? I went with Hero Last Regional. I got my ass handed to me by <laughs> I got five zones locked and, and no, nothing to show for it. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you want your Kaiser back. You yeah. want your you haven't picked your trap yet. You do you 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 bailed on reboot. You've left reboot in the bin. <laughs> yeah, get the idea. Um, the one that I want to bring for trap cards. Uh, oh, actually, I think ultimate offering would be really funny to bring back. I think that a lot of gameplay has gone around 
uh, circumvented normal summons where we make sure that those are at the bare minimum possible. And that's kind of like a broad card design thing. I don't think if we bring back multiple normal summons, a bunch of like of the powerful decks right now are going to find a way to um, make that busted. Uh, but there are a bunch of really funny decks that I think would make uh, Ultimate Offering really funny, like Madolce. But we've got time-rending Morganite that looks into that normal summon abuse a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, obviously, it's just not quite good enough to turn off all your hand traps, but I guess... Yeah, I for sure. Know, is, there any, is there any room to use... Morganite in flu somehow. Like that's what I'm just trying to think. Like how many how many hand traps do I actually run in flu? But you need your D shifter. But you're, if you're not D shiftering on turn one, you ain't D shiftering probably. Unless you start doing um stree shenanigans. Um, but like I don't know. I'm just like I I, I bought the playset of Morganite and I was like I want to use this in flu someday. But like I want the power in my hand of the of the sun in my hand. Uh, <laughs> of the sun. Yes. The pop. <laughs> But I haven't um, dared dabble with it yet. Um, <laughs> well, of course you didn't. Dabble's a different set. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, Trap Card we're bringing back is last turn, also for funny reasons. Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, I'd love to see the Coda streams where they do the rulings on this. It'll be Gee. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, last, last turn's back because we need it. I think it's about time that we brought back good cards into Yu-Gi-Oh! And I think last turn's the one. Um, to fix the game uh, from the state we're in. Uh, but we banned uh, Jalgen. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, <laughs> some of your Floodgate monsters may die, but that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> for funny. Okay, and your um, monster. Your Mr. Monster. I'll give you one extra deck monster and one main deck monster, because I'm feeling... Good. Okay, thank God, because I was immediately going to say uh, Prank Kids Meow Mew. Um, this one is... I guess by the aesthetics of the archetype, very funny. Um, but I love Prank Kids. The deck is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know everyone is upset that it's so easy to do stuff with Meow Mew, but like, uh, I don't care what you think. Give me back my cat. Uh, to one, one. Do you think one was fair when we had it on one? I think I think one is enough, and if uh, I don't know if facilitates the right word, it does incentivize more careful play with it. Um, if Meow Meow, if Meow Moo was just a Link One that didn't do anything, I think we'd have it at three. The fact that it allows for free effects necessitates it having to be at one. That makes sense. So we will errata it to make it a non-effect Prankids monster, and I will say nothing else on the matter. And um, what's your main deck, man? Main deck monster. Uh, the main deck monster I think we need to bring back is Masterpiece, the True Draco Slaying King. He is the king. You can't turn him down. <laughs> no and we need him for Crystal Beast Conclave Control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Neshi needs another boss monster to add onto Overdrive, onto all the rank fours, the cash tiras. He's it's not enough. We need Masterpiece. Um, though, now that you bring that up, Snake Eye. Do you think Masterpiece would be a problem if he was back? Like, people say he wouldn't do anything. People say he's still too good. People try every time that somebody runs, like, a no-ban list tournament. Do you think he would be problematic if he was back on one? I have not seen a any of those no-ban list tournaments where Masterpiece has actually been a problem. No. Now, I am a staunch believer that those are not good 
um, data sets to pull from when it comes to actually seeing if a card is because it's not going to come back in a world where there's no ban list is going to come out in a world where our current ban list exists. Yeah. Um, but Masterpiece um, is not particularly splashable. There are some decks that might randomly play it because they have continuous spells and trap cards. Um, and it will be able to pop some things randomly. It's a 2950 body. Um, but notably, the thing that it doesn't have is battle protection unless you're playing it in the actual deck it's meant to have. Um, in which case, it's 3250 if you didn't make it immune to spell cards. Um, and it, unfortunately, it turns out that there's uh, a monster that you can play that outs Masterpiece in any deck. Uh, it's called Boral Sword Dragon. So... It's um, and that's a bit reductive, of course. Not every deck has access to link monsters, but there are now more comprehensive outs to effectively towers type monsters than there's ever been before. More decks so I have don't access think... to more decks have access to link than don't have access to link. You know what I mean? That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then even if you don't, you know, kaiju's exist now. Have fun with it. Um, so I don't think that masterpiece is going to rocket true draco into a new era of format dominance but it'd be nice for them to have the card you know i think my problematic pick is block dragon because i ain't letting any of you summon anymore block dragon burning abyss baby let's go i want to try block dragon burning abyss i bought burning abyss just like just as they banned it uh, it I, bought, is... I bought Zodiac the day before they banned Dragon. <laughs> well, no, because I was like, they've already limited everything. You know what I mean? I was like, this is a safe bet because it can't get worse. It can't get more here. It's like Tier Element. They can't ban more of it. It's all limited <laughs> and all banned. And then... Right. <laughs> I've just bought Tier Element. It's on my desk right now. I'm, I'm on mm -hmm. Copium. Tier Element, mm -hmm. but with Fluffle and Toy Vendor as my... What I'm bringing to locals. Oh no, that is based. That's My amazing. artist has made this adorable little um, piece, which is um, Shiren holding her fluffle bear, and it's very nice. It's half the reason. Like oh. I was, I was. People tell me to cut the fluffle engine, but since she did the art, I'm like, well, I can't, I can't cut it now because then the art wouldn't make any sense. I would be, exactly. I'd be, be not committing to the bit. What's your <laughs> um? What's your stance on Maxi? All right, lay it down right now. I'm I am a I am a staunch hard leg Joe purist. Uh, anything that he says about it, I have agreed with 100. To be fair, that is like hard leg Joe tends to be just right on most things, doesn't he? Like he's a pretty he's a pretty sure. sound guy in terms of both his and in in life he seems to be a pretty chill dude. Like he's a he's a wise wise man slash goblin. Um and. Having worked with him personally, yeah, chillest guy I've ever ever known in this space. Uh, so knowledgeable about a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm I'm kind of I kind of I'm kind of jealous just how much like life experience like stuff he can talk about. And I'm sitting here like, yep, I'm a child of a bridge series. I don't know how to look up anything, and I have no experience. A hundred. So teach me, please. No, he's just so smart, and I, I my heart broke so cool. when mm -hmm. uh, my first video. I think the first video I ever saw of his was the the mind games vid where he's sort of like well he's definitely gonna mst this one so that's why i put yeah. making the dragon here and he's definitely and obviously that was scripted and i and i was so sad to find out that that was scripted because it made him look like the <laughs> smartest Yu-Gi-Oh player that had ever been born like the fact he was like well he's gonna hit this card in my hand and then that's gonna trigger this and then i was like oh my god this guy's the best player in the world well. uh, but no it's scripted which made me very sad but it was still a great deck 
absolutely. I think the performance was more than. Well, he told me. I thought it was real. Exactly. <laughs> see? Thank you, Nova. And this week's poll question for those on Spotify or in the comments is What is your favorite Yu Gi Oh! lore? And my written question is, who's your favorite card in Yu-Gi-Oh? If you want to meet me soon, I've been invited to be a content creator at this year's Manchester Megacon. I'll be talking all things Yu-Gi-Oh, signing anything you want signing, just mainly saying hello to people. So come and say hello if you're coming to this year's Manchester Megacon. The details will be linked in the bio below. Until then, have a lovely week.